You're listening to The Paul Higgins Show, the place for ambitious tech consultants with purpose. After 18 years as a global sales leader and having a successful tech consulting exit, I'm sharing what's working now to transform emerging tech consultants worldwide into trusted consultants that attract the best clients and deliver measurable results. When you're ready to level up your clarity, results and freedom, begin with the free tech consulting blueprint available at techconsultantsblueprint.com. Imagine this, you're planning to enter the Salesforce ecosystem, but you're really worried about AI and how that's going to impact your future career, or you're a Salesforce partner and you're worrying who's going to prepare the right talent given all the changes in AI. Hello, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to episode 507 of the Paul Higgins podcast. In this podcast, we're going to explore those very answers from someone who's very well positioned in the industry to do it. Also, we'll give you some other tips that's going to help you embrace these best practices. So our guest today is Bradley, or Brad as we'll call him, and he worked in the tech ecosystem for 10 years and was so successful at it that he became one of the highest paid tech professionals in the world, earning over $225,000 for working 20 hours per week. Doesn't that sound nice? Although his incredible career positioned him to retire at the age of 31, he was determined that he wasn't finished with his professional career. And then when he started Talent Stacker as a service to put others on the same path that could help them be financially independent like himself, he now has helped over 20,000 individuals start their tech careers in the Salesforce ecosystem with no degree, no tech background, and with a starting salary of up to $70,000 in an average of 4.3 months. He's a fantastic guy. He's doing a great service to the Salesforce ecosystem, and you're going to love what he does and talks about. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Brad Rice from talentstacker.com. Great to have you here, Brad. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm, I'm excited to have a good conversation. Yeah, well, look, tenacity is probably one of my strengths and whether that's my health, but I chased you for a long time and I was never going to give up. So I'm very excited I'm, that you're on. Uh, not I'm just glad because, you did. Yeah, not just because you're a great person, but also what you do for the Salesforce ecosystem, I think is you know fantastic, as I said in the intro. So I'm um, really excited to have you on and talk about that today. But why don't we kick off with, other than stating the obvious, who is your ideal client and what problems do you solve for them? Yeah. So this is interesting because this conversation has shifted a little bit this year. And I would say coming into 2023, we were known wholly as being for Salesforce entry-level professionals. So, and we still are very much. We still are. It's no matter where you are today, you could be a truck driver, you could be the mail carrier, you could be a teacher, a healthcare worker, doesn't matter. We will help you transition into a Salesforce career. And that's what we did. And we've done that for a long time. And over our first two years as a program, we were able to get just over a thousand people into entry-level Salesforce jobs. We're very proud of that. And it's also that Salesforce career development program is still very much the heart of what we do at Talent Stacker. I will say this year in 2023, we have made a monstrous push thanks to a lot of the staff at Talent Stacker, but we have moved into helping established Salesforce professionals truly get the full value of their Salesforce careers. My Salesforce career did a heck of a lot for me in my life. And I see a lot of people who use it as a job and they work their nine to five and they do what they need to do. And I think it can be a lot more meaningful 
in people's lives than just a nine to five. So we actually have a Salesforce career accelerator program now where we help establish professionals. So across the board, Salesforce careers, that's what we do. Brilliant. Well, let's go to the, the latter first. Sure. So let's say I'm working for a, a Salesforce partner, been doing it for, you know, however long, five, six years. And like you said, you're going to help them to fast track their career. Yeah. What's that look like? What are the problems that they're facing and how are you helping to solve that? Yeah, I think the number one problem that I would say that established Salesforce professionals are facing is that they don't have clear goals for themselves. Yeah. They have thoughts and they have goals that society puts on them. That would be make more money, get a bigger job title, become a solution or technical architect. And they basically assume the goals that society says, these are the goals that you should have. And so this program is very much about the first step is meeting with a coach and actually taking time to understand your own goals. And oftentimes this gets personal and it's about understanding your life and your values and what you care about. And for me, that was my daughter. My daughter has taken over my world. And so when I think about my career goals, they have to align with my personal goals because my career goals can't be to become a technical architect and become a C-level executive because those goals take away from my goal to be with my daughter as much as possible. So I have to realign those goals. So that's just one example. And other people may be interested, and we have staff members at Talent Stacker who are avid rock climbers, and they'll travel the world rock climbing. And that's a personal goal that they have, and they need to maintain that lifestyle. So their career goals have to to align with that. But other people may truly want to be in the corner office and they may want to be C-level executives and they may want to be architects and they may not be as concerned about working a balanced lifestyle. Work may be more you know, part of their life. And so what we do is we first have to figure out what are your goals in your personal life? What are your goals in your career? And now let's align those two goals to actually design a career that fits your life instead of forcing your life to fit your career. We're going to do it the other way around. We're going to design your career so that it fits your life. And that's possible because Salesforce careers offer so much opportunity and we help you dial into the opportunities that are right for you based on your goals. Yeah. And I'm a Stephen Covey. Covey depends where in the world you're listening from or watching, but I've been a fan for, you know, since 1994, I think I've first read the book and, you know, he said, always start with the end in mind. I think that's so powerful that, you know, that's what you're helping these people do. What is the end goal? And then back engineering the, the career component and, and on the program itself, like how much of it is technical versus non-technical skills? I know we just started with <laughs> non-technical, but yeah, let's unpack it's, that it, one. It's interesting. I'll say that one of the things that we came into this accelerator program, that's what we call it, the career accelerator program. We made a decision that we were not going to teach to any Salesforce certification, and we were not going to open a Salesforce org to teach this program. And so that should tell you quite a bit about how technical this program gets. And the reason for that is that I don't believe the Salesforce ecosystem has a shortage of technical training. I think if you need technical training, you can get it from Salesforce themselves and a bevy of third parties who are extremely skilled at what they do. And if I was in a room full of Salesforce professionals and someone said, raise your hand if you think you might be the most technical person in the room, my hand's not even close to going up. I might put it down further because I would not consider myself a technical savant. I would consider myself a lifestyle designer. And I came into a career interested in how that career fit into my life. And you're, and you're going to hear me reiterate that. It wasn't about 
living a life for my job. It was about having a job that fit into my life. And it just comes back to that same concept. And I think for a lot of people, they don't have the privilege of thinking that way. But Salesforce professionals largely do have the privilege of thinking that way. So it's very much not technical. I mean, if I could try to regurgitate and I won't try to everything, but it is, I would say the most technical it gets is we have modules and workshops on starting your own independent consultancy or managing freelance clients on the side of your day job. That's one of the avenues that we teach. And it gets somewhat technical because we get into a lot of documentation. You're talking like non-disclosure agreements, how to invoice clients, project lifecycle documentation, things like statements of work and project timelines and tracking your hours and all this kind of things and how you report to clients. So it gets technical in a business operations type of way, because as an independent consultant, you do operate your own business at that point, as well as being a Salesforce professional. So I would say about as technical as it gets is part of those project life cycles and operating the back end of your own business. But otherwise, it has a lot to do, like I was saying earlier, with your goals, how to have class when negotiating for a raise with your employer and how to show value, not just ask for money, how to job hop with grace, moving from one employer to another without burning any bridges, and potentially turning your current employer into one of your freelance clients as you transition to your next employer. There's a lot of things we can do right. Yes. And a lot of people don't think through these decisions. They just move and they hop and they think about themselves and they forget to think about the big picture because they don't have their goals aligned, right? But if they had their goals aligned, every decision they make has an opportunity to be intentional towards those goals. But when you don't have clear goals, you can't have intention towards those goals. So yeah. it's largely about that. Totally agree. And look, you know, we sort of spoke about it off air where you and I are very much aligned. Like me, I'm helping people that are probably, you know, one to three years into their journey. And the first mind shift change is you are not a Salesforce partner. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm a Salesforce. I'm saying you're not a Salesforce partner, right? You're a results-driven tech consultant, right? You actually get people results and you get results for those people so that you can achieve what you want in your life, which is to be purpose-driven as you've spoken about right, right. So that's right very much very much aligned with that and i think yeah like there's so many linkedin profiles that come across and it's like you know i've got 15 certifications i'm like you know I'm this, and i'm like no that's that's not what you're good at and there's so many salesforce partners that i talk to and i've probably spoken to you listening now where they'll say i actually want someone there's a combination of business skills and the technical right they actually mm -hmm. need to know how to identify and then solve a complex problem right the, the yeah. often as you know the technology is the easy bit so i think we're very much aligned on that you do it brilliantly for people that are you know wherever they are in their, their career they want to make that change i think that's brilliant i suppose for me i focus more on the people that are made that leap and they're in their yeah. own business and then they're looking at things a little differently so very much aligned sure. there so you know what are some of the let's call it the elephant in the room, but everyone's talking about AI and how it's going to impact. And I know Salesforce, Scott Einstein, and you know, you, you sort of sit right at the pointy end of skill development, right? How do you see AI and, you know, this skill development playing out? You know, you've got a bird's eye view. Give us your view on this. Yeah. So I, th I think it's going to be obviously a major component of what we see, and I'll say specifically in the Salesforce ecosystem and developing those professional skills that align with this. It reminds me quite a bit of any major technology releasing in the Salesforce space. Think CPQ or Marketing Cloud, for instance, um, being like niches in the Salesforce space. Now, the interesting thing about I'll say AI generally, GPT seems to be the topic, at least over the summer this year, uh, was largely the topic and coming into the beginning of the year. But you know, GPT has a stranglehold, as we saw 
Salesforce renaming just about every single cloud that they have with Einstein GPT and marketing GPT and Slack GPT and just everything in between got this GPT awareness layered on top of it. And part of that is because Salesforce is a great marketing and sales company. They just are. And they knew they needed to get those conventions laid out so they could show adoption. Part of that is for customers and part of that is for shareholders and everyone else to make sure they know we're serious about this AI stuff. Largely, I think as we progress over the next 12 to 24 months, the technology is already here. The adoption of the technology is the question. And I think it's the ability, number one, security is a huge topic when it comes to anytime you're going to pass your data or metadata over to a third party, security is going to be a major, major question. So I think security is going to be an ongoing conversation. And for that reason, and for many other reasons, I think that you're going to see the emergence of GPT or AI specialist or AI basically administrators and developers so I think what, what we're going to see is if not a new emergence of an entire role. So I don't know that we'll see a role of itself like we have an administrator, a developer, and an AI specialist necessarily. But I do think we are most certainly going to see that you become much more marketable and desirable if you are an administrator with a dynamic skill set that also crosses over into AI or a developer with AI skills or, and you're going to have ways to showcase that, right? Like we will most definitely have Salesforce certifications that align with AI specific topics. We will most definitely have third-party vendors who are training specifically to AI and GPT technology training. So there will be certifications, there will be ways to differentiate yourself. And I will not be surprised if we basically log on to LinkedIn and just see the functionality that people are using AI for inside of Salesforce as our typical feed when we get up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Look, hundred percent aligned with that. It's definitely in line with what I've been listening to and hearing from others as well. But as far as like administrators, right? Now I saw a post in our community where they said that, you know, one of my end clients basically used ChatGDP to create his own development code. And then he went and tested and he said, to be honest, it was pretty good, right? For you, where do you see the role of an administrator and some of the entry-level roles? You know, are they at, at threat by AI? Are they going to be a, you know, this will just make their job easy because they can actually do more important things? You know, what's sort of your view on that overall threat that the media loves to beat <laughs> up from uh, time to time? Yeah, I have hopes, you know, this is all thoughts, right? I mean, we, we can look at the data, we can look at the patterns and the trends, but ultimately when you're trying to look into the future, you, you largely don't know. Now I tend to be of a positive mindset. My view of AI up to this point is it's a wonderful assistant and it doesn't get everything right. And neither does an assistant and neither does a person. And so anytime you're working with a a human, you're going to get things wrong. And I think that the AI stands a better chance of improving over time and probably having less issues than us when we think about something like Tesla's self-driving functionality and just the results showing that the odds of a a Tesla auto-driven vehicle has less odds of having an accident compared to a human. So I think a lot of people will focus on the negative and they'll say in one in one stance, they'll say, ah, you know, Tesla's auto-drive technology it had a car accident the other day. And it's like, yeah, and so did like 10,000 humans. So if you're desiring perfection, you will never be happy. But if you're desiring improvement, I think you're going to be consistently happy. Now, the th same thing goes for GPT. It's going to get better and better and better. AI in general is going to get better and better and better. And today it makes mistakes. And I would say it makes more mistakes than a human. But I would bet that over the next year or two, 
people will make less mistakes and it will still never be perfect. And that's okay. Now, as far as job security, I haven't seen an indication that this technology, I think people are so excited by it and it does a lot of cool party tricks and it has a lot of functionality that is really fun to watch and fathom. I have seen nothing that does not require immense oversight of a professional. And so for that reason, I think going back to, is an entry-level administrator going to potentially be at risk because of this type of technology? No. In fact, I think it's going to be very standard to teach what we know today, like the Salesforce administrator exam, but then also teaching probably AI basics for administrators, right? And so it's going to allow them to, maybe they learned how to use flow. Well, on top of that, they're going to learn how to integrate and embed GPT and AI technology into their flows. Maybe it's teaching them how to use functionality for their end users that they're serving that's going to allow them to embed AI and GPT features into reports and onto page layouts and into the functionality that we use every day. But they're still the expert and there will still be configuration that is needed to get that operating optimally for the company, because we all know each company is unique and they have their unique needs. And a lot of people say, ah, they're not that unique. They are unique because the people who work there are unique individuals who have unique expectations and unique standard operating procedures. And everything that goes into that business can be programmed into this technology, which is going to allow a lot of efficiencies. But I certainly don't think it's going to replace anyone. I think the only argument that I've been able to come up with in my head is that if you imagine you've got a team of five developers, uh, the efficiencies that it brings might allow you to cut that team to four just because of the efficiencies of the four now that they don't need the fifth. But I never see something like a solo administrator or a solo developer you can't replace them with a tool. I, I don't see that. Maybe the technology will prove me wrong, but I see no ability for that to happen. Yeah, and, and I'm a bit the same. Like I think it's you know cost out is you know a zero sum game, right? Because you can only you know cut so much cost out, which is you know people in in the case of developers. But the upside of the opportunity is infinity, right? So I think you know that's yeah. the thing. If you, if you can get the same amount of people doing much better work better results as we spoke about before and that creates more opportunities i think that's yeah. where it's it's headed in my view and the other thing too is that you know effectively when there's a gold rush the people that supply the key tools whether it be you know pans shovels whatever do well and i think ultimately as these all these industries change they're going to need more salesforce people yeah. to help with that change right so i think the demand will yeah. only be greater for that and you know like i said if they get better results with this is a combination that'd be great. Now I'm old enough to know when there was sort of life without a computer versus with, or without a mobile phone versus with, right. I was still the same person. I was still working <laughs> at Coca-Cola doing a great job, but it just made it easier to achieve better outcomes. I think that's what we've seen historically, right? We've seen yeah. that technology, when we see technology revolutions, they only stand to, yes, some people will lose their job, but there will be many, a multiplier effect of new higher paying, more skill jobs created. So yes, we may see some people lose their jobs. I don't think in the Salesforce space, I'm not seeing that, but we may see in other industries or other specific niches being replaced by this technology largely. However, I think it's going to create, like in the Salesforce space, I think you're going to see massive net gains of just companies needing, you know, I heard about a consulting firm now that is specifically niched into only doing AI implementations for Salesforce customers. So I think you're going to see a rise of that type of technology. 
And just like how we saw the transition of administrators, that they can no longer just set up new users and maybe create a few new fields and update security. They're expected to be able to utilize flows and you know at least some of the basic automations and definitely the out of the box functionality to build automations like you know case escalation rules and assignment rules and lead assignments and these kind of things. Any administrator should be able to do that. And I think we're going to see that for professionals across the board, they're going to be expected to be able to use these AI functionalities, of course, alongside the other functionalities that they also know how to use. So to me, I see it leveling up their skills, giving them more abilities to learn and making them more desirable across the board. Yeah. And just a reminder, we're listening to Brad from Talent Stacker, episode 507. And if you've got someone that's in a you know, there's been talk about tourism industry, you know, some of those that will be replaced in, in some way by, it. I think it's mm. a great opportunity. If you're in an industry where you think that, Hey, I'm at risk, that's an opportunity to jump into an industry that I think is going to ride that this high tide, which I think Salesforce is one. And that's one of the reasons why I think talent stack is great. So if you know someone like that, please share the podcast and Brad's thoughts with them because that'd be great stimulus. And I know you've had a thousand people into um, new careers from the entry level. Let's, you know, get more than that. The last thing I want to ask you before we go into the rapid fire is what are some of the best interview questions that a partner can ask of uh, someone that's graduating out of your program, right? So yeah, if you're sitting in this, uh, you know, an SI's position, you know, what, what would be some of the questions you'd be asking? Yeah. If I were interviewing someone coming out of our program or really anyone entry level, I think there are a few questions that can be asked that are telling, but for someone entry level, I'm going for questions like maybe some of the basics, like why is our company a good fit for you? Why do you see yourself at this company particularly? I'm definitely asking why Salesforce, of all the things in the world that you could have done, you're transitioning from a non-Salesforce role into a Salesforce role. What attracts you to Salesforce and specifically our company in this role? Those are the things I want to know because those are the things that I notice make great talent stackers are individuals who have very clear understandings of why they are making this plunge. So it's not anything. It's not any technology. It's not, I'll take a job as a Salesforce administrator, but I'll also take a job as a Google analytics, you know, professional, like, no, it's not either it's this. So why is it this? And a lot of times it's, you know, the community or it's the acceptance. It's that ability to come from a different background and be accepted here. It's the respect for the skills that you have, not just another job. So if I were a partner and I were looking for individuals and I've been asked this by many partners, they say, what would you tell us to look for when we're interviewing? And I would say, well, the number one thing is to understand what a person has done in their past is really not an indication of what they're capable of doing in the future. And so be very careful about how much judgment you pass on someone because of their background, because they were a stay-at-home parent, because they were a school teacher, because they were a garbage collector, and assuming that any number of backgrounds might indicate how well they can perform as a Salesforce professional would be a major disservice to basically your ability to hire entry-level talent. Yeah, I think that's brand advice. All right, well, let's go into the rapid fire. So you ready for right. the four questions and quick uh, responses? Let's uh, do it. I'll try to keep the responses quick. <laughs> uh, great. So the first one is, you know, for you, you know, running Talent Stacker, what are the daily habits that you do to help you scale a business? Yeah. So as far as scaling the business, I always attempt to, and I don't enjoy this, but I always attempt to delegate as much work as I can. So I try to learn things 
front to back, at least get to that 80% threshold to make sure I understand the process, understand what goes into it. And then I do my very best to delegate that as quickly as possible. I know that I started this company and I think the strong suit of starting this company was me being involved in every single aspect. But I also know that in order for this company to grow, and for us to help and serve as many people as we can in this ecosystem, that I can't be involved in every single aspect 100% for the company. That's only going to cause problems for the company's growth. So hiring has been something that I think we have done very, very well. We've been very fortunate. Uh, we've hired people who are extremely passionate and just aligned with our company. And so I think by hiring the right people and delegating those tasks and even the innovations of Talent Stacker to some people, we delegate innovating. And I think by being able to do that and putting that at the front of my mind, it allows us to, to scale more rapidly. So I'm constantly thinking about how I can get myself out of the way because I know I'm a blocker. All right, great. Next one is around where do you go to learn more about growing the business? Yes, we talked a lot about having goals throughout this episode. And what I do is I always try to have goals. And one of my goals is to always have a mentor. So it becomes, in my perspective, it becomes harder and harder to have a mentor, the more successful that you become, the more you aspire to, the more you achieve, it becomes higher, harder to find someone willing to give you their time that is above you in the process. So I always try to keep a mentor in my back pocket. I'm always looking out for my next mentor. And honestly, I listen to a lot of podcasts because I found that there are a lot of experts who host podcasts and guests on podcasts, and I can use those as my ad hoc mentors when I'm not really getting the information that I need. So always be learning and try to always have a mentor. Yeah, brilliant. And, and the next one is uh, if we could grant you one wish for Talent Stacker, what would that be? I think it would be instant credibility. I think that the online courses, online programs, uh, honestly, largely universities globally uh, have gotten a bit of a bad rap because it's a lot of marketing, it's a lot of sales, and it's a lot of empty promises. And that's something that, I mean, we had to fight tooth and nail, especially year one, to have people accept that we really are good people. We really are looking out for your best interest and we really are here to help. So I think if we could get instant credibility from that perspective from individuals, that would make our jobs a heck of a lot easier and allow us to focus our time on actually helping people get into Salesforce careers and accelerate those careers. Brian, the last one is what do you know now, three years in from running Talent Stacker that you wish you had have known earlier? I wish I had known that other people's perspectives and opinions should be considered but you shouldn't let them drive your thinking. You shouldn't let them drive your direction. Ultimately, if you know you're doing the right thing, you have to trust in yourself. And if you can't trust in yourself, then I don't know that you should be in a position to do this. But early on in this process, I took people's opinions to heart a little bit too much, and it actually slowed me down. And what it came down to was that I was fearful that they might be right and that there might be truth in what they were saying. And consistently, I found that there was not truth. There's sometimes they're right, but largely, for some reason, people try to bring each other down in some situations. And I think when you can look past that and you can have your support team around you and making sure that you know the direction and why you're headed in that direction, take people's opinions seriously, like have empathy for their thoughts, but at the same time, understand why you're doing what you're doing and keep laser focus and move forward. And that's going to drive a lot of success for you. Yeah, Brian. Well, look, it's been wonderful having you on, Brad. Like I said, I spend at least a year trying to get to this situation. I'm so glad 
that you did come on and you agreed to come on. Uh, you know, a thousand people is just, I think, the tip of the iceberg, given the AI revolution and, and what's happening with Salesforce. I think you're in for uh, a great area. And I think I really love the way that you've actually expanded it now to people that are in a career Salesforce roles as well. I think that's really smart. So you can find out more about Brad and Talent Stacker at talentstacker.com. We'll have the link in the show notes and also check out his podcast. He goes in seasons and uh, there may be some new episodes released when this is out, but that is uh, Salesforce for everyone. Great title. And you can get that on all of the same podcast platforms that you're listening to this one on. But uh, Brad, awesome to have you on today. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. What a great interview with Brad and he had some really good ideas around AI and I, and I agree with him as you would have heard. And, you know, I think if you are looking at a career change, certainly go to talentstacker.com and look him up. Also what you've really enjoyed out of this podcast, why not share it with Brad? He's prolific on LinkedIn and I'm sure he'll get back to you as soon as possible. And also why don't you share it with others, as I said in the podcast, right? There's other people that maybe their careers are going to be impacted by AI. Why not come and join a rising tide, which is the Salesforce ecosystem, which is nicely positioned to get full benefit of this change that we're all living through. Also check out our solo shows and I'll see you next time on the Paul Higgins show for quick and simple ways to grow your tech consulting business and live a life that you really want sooner rather than later. Time for action. Subscribe, comment, and let me know what you like best about this episode. Plus, get your exclusive show extras and growth action guides for subscribers only. Visit techconsultants.com blueprint.com.